The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Well, since dynamism is very much in the air this morning, let's welcome to the airwaves the dynamic Manishi Rechaduri, head of APAC Equity Research at BNP Paribas. Sorry, Manishi, if you don't get our little inside joke, but uh, yeah, we've been talking about um, dynamic zero in China a lot. And for our colleagues over at the uh, Markets Live blog, they'd, they'd like to get your views on where you see the most value in China. And because that's a maybe too broad of a question, let me ask you, do you see, do you see more value uh, in the equity market in the oil patch, in materials, or in technology? I would say, um, you know, when investing in China, one has to look at it thematically. Um, number one, um, the Chinese government has been trying to stabilize the economy using infrastructure investments. So we would think that industrials would play an important role, um, you know, in terms of stabilizing the economy and also uh, in terms of earnings growth going forward. We are already seeing signs of EPS estimates moving up in industrials. So that would be uh, one of the choices I would make. Apart from this, um, I would say consumer discretionaries, which are also showing similar signs of earnings inflection upwards, but very selectively. I would rather focus on those companies which are market leaders and therefore have significant degree of pricing power. Third, um, I would also look at the beaten down technology sector, you know, which I think you talked about briefly, um, because we think that much of the regulatory pressures are possibly already behind us. Um, so those are the three important areas. Finally, mm -hmm. um, also some of the financials, banks, insurance, again, selectively, those ones which have relatively better um, uh, asset quality and very high degree of um, dividend yields. In fact, high dividend yield is a theme that we are playing across Asia. Manishi, does things, do things change after the party congress just very quickly? Um, of course. You know, so that is something we are looking forward to as far as the restrictive COVID policies are concerned. Now, one doesn't know. Honestly, it is... No, like uh, throwing a dart at this point of time. But, um, you know, post the party congress in mid-October, um, some degree of easing of the policy is the best that we can hope for. So we mentioned that you, like India, still remaining overweight there. This is a, a theme that I guess a lot of people we talk to have. Tell us why you're liking uh, this market. Two or three um, positive tailwinds are coalescing together for India. First, a strong recovery in the domestic market. Um, the domestic economy has revived strongly if you look at the tax collection numbers or the freight volume numbers. Second, um, commodity prices moderating, oil prices rolling over. That would obviously aid the current count and stabilize the currency. In fact, the Indian currency in this environment has been one of the more stable ones. And third, 
in some sectors, not in all the sectors, but in some of them, earnings estimates are beginning to revive. Um, one of the you know, most prominent ones is financials, which is you know almost about 30% of the Indian market. The market's also oversold. About $33 billion of FII selling occurred between October last year and July this year. So that's beginning to revive as well. Still in all, the valuations are quite high there. Are you counting for those um, revisions in earnings to maybe ease the pressure on those uh, price earnings levels? That's absolutely correct. You know, India has always been expensive, and currently it's trading almost at about 60% premium. If you look at price earnings or price to book, um, compared to the Asian average. So yes, valuation is a concern, and particularly the, the more expensive sectors um, would possibly have to be avoided by investors for now. Um, mm. The market may also see what we call some kind of a time correction, or you know, the market stays flat, um, and um, cons- consequently the valuations improve a bit. You know, so, I mean, there's no easy solution, but still, mm. relative to some of the North Asian market, it presents yeah. a more stable picture. Manisha, you're overweight Indonesia too, which is basically the outperformer and at these records. How much further upside here? Ah, now, Indonesia is, um, again, a slightly different story because we have seen a very strong momentum as far as earnings estimates are concerned, driven by its commodity exporter nature. And that has actually percolated down to some of the domestic sectors like consumer discretionaries as well. So on Indonesia, we do see um, continued upside. Um, So it is not just a relative trade compared to other Asian markets, but there could be absolute upside from from the current levels. Um, You know, it's difficult to sort of pinpoint how much, but, um, you know, anything between 8 to 10% is our year-end target for the JCI. So, Manishi, a, a huge tax cut or something like a tax cut for Asia would be if oil prices continue to fall. Uh, we did have this right. death cross form here with uh, the 50-day moving average falling below the 200-day. What, what are your projections for where oil goes over the next six months? Um, you know, I mean, of course, I mean, I don't deal with the commodity market. I mean, we have a different team for that. But... Yes, I mean, I think oil prices declining is a direct reflection of the recessionary concerns in the developed markets. So, um, you know, as long as these concerns, and particularly in the European region, as long as they persist, um, oil and other commodity prices would possibly continue to drift down and stay at relatively lower levels, which is obviously, as you rightly pointed, and I'll borrow that phrase, it's kind of a tax cut for the Asian region, which are predominantly commodity importers. Um, so I think, <clears throat> consequently, I think the you know the Asian markets, which are purely domestic in nature, which don't really have to export too much to the developed markets, they are in a really sweet spot. You know, they uh, they are domestically driven, and at the same time. The, the costs that they have to pay, the prices mm-hmm. that they have to pay for the, for the commodity imports, that's coming down rapidly. And yeah. obviously that's going to reflect in their currencies and, uh, you know, in their current accounts. All right, Manishi, thank you. Manishi Rashadari, head of APAC Equity Research at BMP Paribas, on the line from Hong Kong for us. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? 
With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more.